And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Don't talk about your crusty white dog like it's a person. Like it's a person. Cause it's not a person. And it's barely a dog. Barely a dog. And that premise extends to all dogs in general. But especially the crusty white ones. Cause they are gross. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, November 3rd. I'm J.E. Skeets alongside me, as always... There he is in his Braves hat, Tass Mellis. <laughs> hey, how about them Atlanta Braves? Hey, there we go, bravo. So we got my top shot hot boy, also a Braves fan, Trey Kirby. hey hey We've got the international man of mystery taking it to the Max Lealis. Friends. Mm-hmm. And last, certainly not least, making the magic happen. Oh, God. <laughs> JD. <laughs> Hello. Is that a crusty white dog? Yeah, what's going on over there? Everything okay? Oh, yeah, everything's fine. Uh, you know, a little bit of a construction zone over here, oh. but, uh, yeah. you know, we're working on a secret, super secret project over here. So. Ooh, exciting, exciting. Uh, shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Make sure you guys like the video and subscribe, comment, share the show. Uh, cue the rounders music, I guess, because let's just slip it in now. The guys got their Braves hats on. They win the World Series in Game 6 last night. As far as Atlanta sports go, you know, pretty stress-free, I, I would say, TK. Uh, there, there was no comeback of any sort, so they, they killed them. It was a blowout, Skeetsy. I was popping a big old hat last night. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? I hopped on the Braves bandwagon in 1991. I got sick, had to stay home from school for a week. And like a lot of kids, just watched the Braves a ton of times because they were on TBS. They had Deion Sanders. I stuck around for 30 years. Some of them good, some of them bad. Laura and I's first trip together was to Atlanta to see the Cubs play against the Braves down here. Uh, So yeah, I was feeling a little bit like Freddie Freeman. Made it through the tough years to end up on top with the big old hat. And JD, I heard that noise. I just assumed that was Jorge Soler's home run finally coming down (laughs) all the way from Houston. What a monster dinger. Yeah, what a bomb. Tass, anything to add? You love the baseball. You're a Jays fan, but I know you got Braves fever down here. Oh, yeah, I'm a Blue Jays fan, but uh, yeah, I'm allowed to wear this hat right now because I. this is actually my wife's hat. It's a size 7, but I did own the exact same hat in high school. The exact same one, so I'm allowed to wear it right now. I was in a uh, fashion show, I rapped the Rock Wilder with my man Amin Al Pachachi while wearing this hat and wearing a Vince Carter jersey. I was a fan of uh, another Fred, Fred McGriff, 
before he was an Atlanta Brave way back when. But, uh, you know, I always watch the Braves from afar because they were America's team for a long time and have been down here for eight years. So I'm happy that this curse, if it is a curse, I don't know, uh, was broken for uh, for a night. This team is very, very likable. This 88-win team that only got above 500. What was it, August? I mean, this yeah, is this a August. wild story. Uh, Lee, how do you feel about uh, a baseball team calling themselves world champions? <laughs> yeah, I don't love it. I don't love it. Um, but the very first basketball team I ever played for was called the Braves, believe it or not. Oh. So, uh, you know, coming around full circle Similar. here for me, which is which is great. And also, I won a fantasy basketball, uh, fantasy baseball league one time with Rafael Fercal and Gary Sheffield on my team, who were both repping <laughs> the Braves. So... Uh, you know, I've got a bit of a loose connection here to uh, to the Braves winning, so it's great to see you. But that's the thing. I didn't know anything about baseball, jumped in a fantasy baseball league, had two Braves, won the championship. So, uh, wow. you know, yeah, I, uh, I was there. I was there since day one 20 years ago. <laughs> okay, great. Well, congratulations to all the Braves fans out there, uh, especially our guys Larry and Jared and Trey uh, being long, long-time Braves fans. And uh, what's that? Their second World Series win, right? They only had one in 95? Yeah, Yeah, exactly right. A lot of times making it to the playoffs and a lot of times falling a little bit short. And of course, last year got up 3-1 on the eventual world champion Dodgers and blew it. So this one was really nice. Uh, Lee, you say you've got a minor connection. You want to play a quick game of pop and packs with this old 1992 (laughs) upper deck team set I have of the Atlanta Braves? Shout out to David Justice. I'm only going one card deep here because this... Is okay. still technically a basketball podcast. <laughs> um, let's see. You know this guy. He played third base for the Atlanta Braves. Terry Pendleton. Yeah, Terry ah, Pendleton. Yeah. Nice. nice one, nice one. Um, there's also a Ron Gant in here that oh. I'm trying to find. You know, shout out to Ron Gant. Good times. Let's go. Uh, yeah, so just before we move on, check out these boys here. These Jesus. are the Braves. Check Back out these the... boys. <laughs> the young boys. Yeah, that's uh, sometime in the late 80s in sunny Sunbury there. So uh, are, you, there you are you smack dab in the middle there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I've got the tiny uh, little guy, aren't you? I was, yeah, I yeah. was. Very skinny, yeah. Oh, yeah, there he is. <laughs> the great Greatest player in Braves history when it comes to basketball. Uh, uh, Awesome. Awesome. Congrats again to the Braves. This isn't no bunts, though. Yeah, this is no dunks. Let's get to the basketball talk. Got uh, five games that were on last night. We'll touch on a lot of them, I'm sure. We got some Ben Simmons news, if you want to call it that, that we can get into. And then we'll hit the beach, because you guys sent in some great questions over the last couple days. So we'll answer a few of those. But we start with the uh, balanced Miami Heat holding off a late Mavs rally, if you want to call it that. They won... 125-110, this was the first game of the TNT doubleheader. After the game, Lee, Jason Kidd, Mavericks head coach, he said, I would consider the Heat the best team in the league right now. And that is my cue to you, to the guys, to everybody in the stream team right now. Are the Miami Heat the best squad in the NBA right this second? In my opinion, yes, they are. Uh, I don't think they have an obvious weakness right now. And I think the eye test is strongly supported by the stats. I'll rattle off a few for you, okay, to get started here. Best defensive rating, second best offensive rating, and the best net rating by a mile from NBA.com. I know some people use different sites to measure them, but I'm using NBA.com. They defend the paint and the perimeter. They lead the league in rebounds. You know, Pat Riley absolutely loves that. Rebounds (laughs) equals rings, according to Pat Riley. So Mm -hmm. 
Miami Heat make it very hard for other teams to score all the while scoring fairly easily themselves in those exact same ways that they defend at the other end. They don't shoot as many threes as other teams, but they shoot them at a very high percentage. Second in second chance and fast break points. They get to the free throw line. They are well balanced. They have shooting and scoring. I think that's very, very important to note. Uh, now, those are the geeky numbers, but, you know, watching them play, you can just see how good they are and how well connected they are right now. That ball moves around. Everybody understands their role. Everybody understands they're going to get some shots. They're going to get some opportunities. They have a great balance of experience with the likes of Jimmy Butler and, of course, Kyle Lowry getting great production off their bench from Tyler Hero. I mean, he's an absolute lock for six man of the year today. A lot of seasons to play, but right <laughs> yep. now he's yep. he's locked that up. And of course, Bam, I think, has really improved his game. Uh, you know, not necessarily the numbers jumping off the page, but just his presence and his awareness at both ends. And Kyle Lowry, Skeetsy, I mean, he's only averaging 10 points a game right now, but his impact on this team has been much more significant. He has the best overall plus minus on the team. But again, you just can see what he's doing out there, getting them organized, hitting the threes as he did last night, getting guys into their into their positions well. It's like he's been a Miami Heat player for five years, honestly. It's not like this is his first team, first time on that team. And they even guys like Markeith Morris and Deadman are giving them steady minutes off the bench. So I think right now, there's a, I think it's down to the Jazz, the Bulls and the Heat, but I would have Miami as the best team. I just think they tick all the boxes right now, more so than Chicago and Utah. Yeah, no, it was a great win from uh, the Miami Heat last night in Dallas. Hero 25 off the bench. He had 15 there in the second quarter when we had like the Luka versus Tyler Hero battle going. That was sort of fun. Jimmy 23, Lowry 22. He hit six threes in last night's game tasks. Uh, sort of caught fire from distance. Bam, 22 and 13. And they just did a good job of taking away any fast break opportunities from the Mavericks. I think they finished with just three, which is sort of weird in today's game where you get up and down. But yeah, what did you see from the Miami Heat? And do you agree that they're the best in the league right now? They're playing the best ball. They're playing uh, the most complete on both sides of the ball. It is astonishing to think that because of what they were last year when the way they got demolished in the postseason. The question was, just watching them, um, is there any help for Jimmy Butler offensively on this team? Bam Adebayo, a former All-Star, but did not look like that. Tyler Hero, a hero in the bubble, but did not look like that. So add Kyle Lowry into that mix. Both of those guys I just mentioned, Hero and Adebayo, looking like themselves again, and it looks like a completely different team. Kyle Lowry obviously does so much just getting guys involved, pushing it, making sure everybody eats. And this was his first real big offensive game this season. The Heat are 6-1, and one, but that's what Kyle Lowry does. One big offensive game every few games. If it's one every seven, once a series in the postseason, that's all you need from him if Jimmy and Tyler Hero especially are going to go off that way. Uh, Lowry looked like... He looked like that raptor that would come down and pull a Pudget. He would pull whenever uh, real deep threes to have a, a huge 22. And then Tyler Hero, uh, again, this help for Jimmy Butler. It didn't feel like it was at all in existence last year. It, it, Tyler Hero just was a, a nine-point-per-game guy in the postseason. Uh, this year, 157 points off the bench. That's a huge gap between him and the next best scorer off the bench. He's first. Next best player has 40 less points off the bench. Tyler Hero's allowed to go off. Jimmy Butler loves it. Kyle, you go off. Uh, Bam, you go off. You know, the depth, I think, is still a little bit of a worry, but it's made up for with the way they're playing defense out of the gate like this. Luca on the other side, they were hunting the matchups that they wanted. But, uh, you know, if you switch 
let's say it's P.J. Tucker guarding him. Obviously, Jimmy guarding him, that's fine. Kyle Lowry guarding him, that's fine. P.J. Tucker, whoever. Uh, they would try and hunt Duncan Robinson, but the Heat are so good this early in the season that they would bring a double immediately when, only when, he had Duncan Robinson alone, so Bam would fly over. Bam could guard him solo. This defense is just so good. I, I, I'm always going to worry about the depth after watching what they did uh, in the postseason last year, how the Bucks hammered them. Uh, will they continue to do this? Will Tyler Hero continue to put his name in the conversation? I'm good enough to be in the conversation with Trey Young and Luka Doncic. Uh, you know, after what happened last year in the, in the uh, postseason, still got to worry, but uh, they're playing ridiculously good. And uh, yeah, to be this good out of the gate, uh, yeah, it's it's a surprise, but mm-hmm. Kyle fits in there, yeah, like he's been there for years. Yeah, that's the thing, right, Trey? I think most people thought he could be, you know, fringe contenders, but it might take a while. It might take uh, 40 games, might even take to the playoffs, for all we know, to really find their groove. And then here they are, like Lee said, with the best defense, wow, and the second best offense right now. Are they better than your Chicago Bulls or the Utah Jazz or another team? Or just how impressed have you been by them? Well, <coughs> the Heat are very lucky uh, that they don't have to play the Bulls until November 27th. So we've got a long time to build the hype for this matchup. Um, but so far, the Heat have been the best team in the league. Defense, no surprise that they're really good. They added Kyle Lowry and P.J. Tucker, two smart defenders who fit into the scheme perfectly. Uh, the offense is the thing that has been a surprise to me. I said uh, in our preview shows it wouldn't surprise me to see the Heat being the fourth or fifth spot in the Eastern Conference just because it felt like it would take a little bit of time uh, for their offense to really come together. But Lee's totally right. It looks like Kyle Lowry's been playing with them for five seasons at this point. The hit-ahead passes are already part of their offense. He gets everybody going where they need to be. He's kind of like the Mike Conley of the Heat, really, the way he just fills in all the gaps they need. It's like, oh, you need somebody to drive and kick and find an open three-point shooter? Kyle Lowry can do that. What if somebody else drives and kicks and finds an open three-point shooter? Kyle Lowry could be that wide-open shooter. Knocked down six of nine last night. Nice. Uh, And I love to see Jimmy Butler in a season where a bunch of players are having trouble getting to the free-throw line. Took 17 attempts last night. He's at nine attempts per game this season. The 90s are back in the NBA right now, so it's no surprise to me that Jimmy Butler is a guy who is succeeding uh, in this style of NBA. The Heat look incredible right now. They're making a few more threes, like Lee said, percentage-wise, and they're getting to the line. Those are easy ways to score. It feels like they're playing faster, even though the pace isn't crazy uh, compared to last season, but they just get into their stuff so quickly, and it feels like they are on the exact same page at all times. Yeah, Lee... I tweeted, um, I forget who it was to last night, that I, that, oh, maybe it was Nate Duncan, that I, I feel like the Heat are leading the league in very solid plays right now. Is that, is that crazy or am I onto something there? It feels like they have one or two like, plays a game where it's like every guy touches it and it's like eight or nine passes before there's a score. Yeah, they probably actually even wrapped that up last uh, Saturday night against the Memphis Grizzlies. They had a play that really fizzed around. Everyone got involved and finished as the shot clock expired there. So, mm-hmm. But I think that is just a, a reflection of what they do on offense is, uh, you know, chemistry is so uh, easy to tell. And I think that ball moving around from night to night, different guys maybe going to get different looks. But when you've got someone like Kyle Lowry out there who's like, you know, he, he's passed his prime, but he understands 
he is now that three-point shooter while also getting other guys going. That's just incredible because Duncan Robinson has had a bit of a slow start to the season. He only had two threes last night and fouled out, but Tyler Hero has picked up the slack. Those two tend to sort of be a bit of a Ferris wheel themselves. One's up and the other one comes down and, and, and uh, you know, sort of changes a little bit throughout the season. Duncan Robinson will get it going because they signed him to the huge contract too in the offseason. But, uh, yeah, I mean, everything about Miami is, they're, you know, they're fun to watch. They really look like they understand exactly what's happening on both ends of the floor straight away. And I think, especially against a team like the Mavericks last night, who the way to try to beat the Heat was to knock down threes. They started off doing that, but they just couldn't sustain it because they were kind of just, it, it felt more like it was found money in that first quarter. And when the three stopped falling, the, the Mavericks didn't have anything going. And this is actually one thing, Jason Kidd, he might start to get concerned soon that Luka Doncic's workload could start to weigh him down. Doncic, to me, looked exhausted last night. And I think that's a reflection of the fact that there's obviously no Porzingis, no Kleber either there last night. And uh, Doncic is being asked to do so much. And that happened in the playoffs, I think, as well, against the Clippers. They uh, you know, relied so much on him doing everything that at some point it might just uh, catch up to him. They don't seem to have a whole lot of other ideas on offense other than let's just hope the threes fall. And when they do, looks fine. When they don't, it's like, what? what's their plan B? I don't think they have one. Yeah, Porzingis missed his fourth straight game here with lower back tightness. Uh, Maxi Kleber, who played who played well, we talked about him, um, and he started in Sunday's win over Sacramento. He had to leave that one, and it looks like he's going to be out seven to ten days with a left oblique strain. So that leaves as their bigs, Dwight Powell, Willie Cauley-Stein, you know, Boban, Sweet Moses Brown, I think saw a minute last night. Um, <laughs> it, it's sort of rough. I threw it on Twitter, Tass. Let's hear the best Mavericks trades for Miles Turner. Uh, got some responses. There was two, basically, paths that people went. The first one was Dwight Powell, Burke, Josh Green, and then maybe like a future top five protected pick for Turner. And the other one was trade Porzingis for Turner. So Porzingis, let's say a Josh Green and then maybe two picks um, for like a Turner and if a Jeremy Lamb has to be included, stuff like that. I guess, I guess like I bring that up. Realistic? Think Turner helps? Would you want to move KP off of this team? Is it bringing Turner in alongside him? Or is there no way the Pacers are even thinking about a trade? Either of those two scenarios. Just because you put Kristaps Porzingis in the trade machine doesn't mean another GM is <laughs> going to say yes. Yes, I'll take him. I don't see <laughs> that happening. We went through every Kristaps Porzingis trade route. There ain't one. It's a dead end. I, I would love to say there is one, but it's rehabilitation from within for Porzingis. I don't see uh, the Pacers accepting Porzingis or that first package that you mentioned with Dwight Powell and Trey Burke, I guess, being the, yeah. the main two parts and, and the pick, I guess. The Pacers don't want to take a step back. Um, they have been in uh, mediocre land for too long. They want to step up. Uh, so the the talk about uh, Ben Simmons was, you know, somewhat uh, juicy to me because they need a star. Um, so, um, yes, Miles Turner on the Mavs, for sure. Yeah, they, they need, uh, you know, Jalen Brunson, I thought, was was good for them. Uh, mm-hmm. Then I bring up Jalen Brunson as a guard because they need that help. But, yeah, the big, the big man rotation... <laughs> as well as a secondary playmaker, is uh, very important for them. Yeah, they don't have one. Uh, you know, whether, whether it's Willie Cauley-Stein in the front court or Klebo, it has been their best option, absolutely. I don't know about 7-2 sweep Moses Brown, but I would like to see him out there. They've got a 7-2 man in Moses Brown, a 7-3 man in Chris Saps-Porzingis, and a 7-4 man in Boban. Uh, so guys that aren't... Uh, 
really modern players. You know, Chris Stapps, I guess, is, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, there, it, it's it's a dead end. All those guys, uh, really, Kleba definitely is the best one playing currently right now. But again, he's out seven to ten days, so it's. It's a very difficult spot. It's a playmaker and a big is what they need. Well, Porzingis can be traded. You just got to attach two or three first-round picks probably to it, right? I, I, I think that's the honest truth. He can be dealt. It's just it's going to cost you some, maybe some uh, lightly protected first-round picks to get it done, I would think. And a lot of money coming back, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, for I mean, sure. A $20 sure. million dollar player, it's got to be a... Yeah, if you're... Can they... How many picks can they trade? That's That's... A reasonable question if they attach a couple picks. Wow. Yeah. I think it basically just comes down to the Mavericks need to do something. Dwight Powell is like, they can't trade Dwight Powell, I don't think. He's too important to this team because Luka needs somebody who dives to the rim to draw that coverage towards the rim and bring the gravity there. Luka Doncic is shooting 25% from three right now. The, the, the helping of responsibility on his plate is too big he's got too much to do right now he needs a big guy and he needs a wing and he needs a guard to help uh with some of the playmaking here that's three positions that we're talking about the Mavericks need to turn things around so they've got a lot of work to do and it feels pretty tough uh to figure out a way to actually make it happen because like you're saying Porzingis seems to be the trade candidate right you would think the Mavericks would love to get off his contract but Everybody else sees what's happening with the Mavericks. Everybody else sees Porzingis not playing and kind of not moving as well as he did in the past. So it's going to be tough, but something's got to change for Dallas because just trying to do this for another entire season is not going to work. Let me ask you this, Lee. Um, You know, you don't have to fire up the trade machine, but (laughs) would you rather have a Miles Turner, a big guy that can uh, obviously, uh, you know, protect the rim if you're the Mavericks, or would you want like a John Wall? To add that sort of like you know uh, you know playmaker score another wing option that can create alongside Luca if you had to pick one or the other well, <laughs> and t- hypothetically trading yeah. a KP and then other stuff yeah. oh I'd take Miles Turner because you you know he's going to get out there on the floor he does shoot the three he does at least block shots and contest shots I think that's what they need more so than uh, John Wall who. You're just not sure what you're getting out of him, really, at this point. I mean, he's obviously not playing with Houston. He would be gettable if they can basically figure out how to get him, I'm sure. But uh, because he's got the massive contract, it makes it difficult. But I think Miles Turner would address the initial problem, first of all, where, uh, you know, you get someone, some rim protection, some help, uh, and a guy who can spread the floor. But, of course, you know, the, Chris Tapp's back with Rick Carlisle. Don't see that happening anytime soon. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and, no, he loved Porzingis, didn't he? <laughs> well, uh, the, but the the problem with uh, Porzingis as well is, again, no one I think is giving up significant capital to get him because it's like he's coming with such injury risk. And even when he's not injured, how good is he really? Right, he hasn't right. proven consistently over his time here that he can go out there and be great. There are games, we've seen those games where he has 36 points and it's like, oh my God, this guy can't be stopped. But they seem to be few and far between right now. I think if you're the Mavericks though, if you're Cuban, you're calling up Masai Ujiri today and saying, all right, let's 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 get Dragic. He's not playing for you. <laughs> that at least is like the Band-Aid yeah. solution. Like yeah. give us another guy who can at least run the offense. You know Dragic wants to get out of there. Again, I'm not sure. He, he's got a big contract too, actually. He's got 19 million he's owed. So that doesn't, uh, that's not just a quick fix in that right. respect. Porzingis for Dragic. Let's go. I mean, <laughs> you know. Call it <laughs> you, in. You may as well if you're the Raptors, if, if you can make it work, just just to have Porzingis on, on your bench. But uh, yeah, uh, that that's that's where I think 
Mark Cuban needs to go first. It's like, all right, let's just get Dragic first problem and then see if we can trade Porzingis for Miles Turner. Um, don't think it's going to happen. But, uh, you know, again, unless John Wall is saying, all right, you know what? I'll opt out of my contract because he's got a player option for like $47 million, and he's still owed $44 million this year and say, and I'll give back $30 million, then I'll go to the uh, Mavericks right. and play there because that's the only way, realistically, I think it's going to happen. Um, still with the, in the stream team, wisely pointing out when I was talking about the Mavs probably having to attach picks if they wanted to move Porzingis, future picks. I want to make that clear because they still owe one, I believe, to the New York Knicks, mm. uh, a top 10 protected pick. So yeah, these would be in the future. We'd be looking at, you know, your 20, 24s or 25s down the line there, but some teams, uh, some teams will do that. Maybe Luka would be gone from Dallas by that point and maybe you'd hit on something. Um, one more note from this game and we'll get to the other ones. Just because Lowry had a couple beautiful lobs to Bam. Just gorgeous passes, you know, off the high pick and roll, alley-oops. I tweeted out, you know, they're not the flashiest, but Lowry is one of these, like, sort of, like, all-time great, just solid alley-oop passers. He really puts it generally right there uh, on the money for guys to finish. Who else is on that sort of list? Kid, Chris Paul, Gary Payton, Andre Miller was great at it. And I just asked people, like, who else am I forgetting? Just some great replies. I unbelievably forgot Steve Nash. Just had a big brain fart. But Wade, Penny... Jameer Nelson, definitely helped by playing with Dwight Howard. Just throw it anywhere. Uh, White Chocolate, Jason Williams, Trey Young, Raymond Felton, Harden, especially his work in Houston with Capella. Sherman Douglas, John Hollinger wanted out there. Come on. Yeah, Sherman the germ was good at throwing the oops. And then uh, a lot of love for uh, for Rondo, too. Anyone I'm forgetting there, Lili? Well, uh, if, if, the if we go on Sherman Douglas, I'm going to say Brian Shaw with Shaq. He was great in Orlando yeah. and then in L.A. But uh, that's that one specific uh, guy he used to pass well to. But, hey, what about this guy? Brian yeah. Shaw. I mean, that's the thing. At a certain point, is it the passer or is it the guy they're throwing yeah, yeah. to? Yeah. I mean... Uh, uh, in some of these cases, but some uh, some great uh, replies there to that. Raymond Felton? Yeah. Who suggested Raymond Felton? <laughs> Come on. The top of my head. I feel like two people did, though. So I think that's why I included him. Yeah, yeah probably Dan funny. Devine, if I were guessing. Maybe <laughs> Seth Rosenthal. What about this guy? Mo Williams, the best bad alley-oop passer of all yeah. time. Never puts it close when he nope. was playing with LeBron, but that was better because it would turn into better dunks. Yeah, better highlights. Thank you, Mo Williams, for being a shitty alley-oop passer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, let's keep going here. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, power the Jazz past Sacramento. 119-113. to Trey, what did you want to touch on from this one? Well, I hope your breakfast-eating bros aren't too full. JD, roll that beautiful <laughs> beef footage. Rudy Gobert had 20 rebounds. Take a look at this crop of little beef boards. That's a lot of roast beef, which is rebounds. <laughs> I like that you include, included the uh, Gobert crappy fast break in that. Oh, I like there. Yeah. Take a look at that crop. It's a nice crop. Yeah, yeah. Once I saw that clip of Gobert just pushing the break, because he basically, like, I think it's De'Aaron Fox takes it to the hole. He kind of, like, bumps Conley out of the way, so Gobert just pushes him down, grabs the board, and takes off. I thought that was uh, pretty funny. I, Kind of a sloppy beef, to be quite honest, for Rudy Gobert. He's the tallest guy on the court by a mile. Uh, The third of the season, though, for Rudy Gobert. And also the 10th 
all time since I've been tracking these beefs. And I got to give a shout out to the Big Beef Tracker. BigBeefTracker.com <laughs> has seriously beefed up the stats here. Look at this. Oh, yeah. We're talking about season stats. We're talking about single game stats, all time and all time single game leaders. Uh, the beef is back, baby. Uh, but as much as I love the big buff boys, it was truly the smallies. <laughs> I think they're that... goosing the numbers. <laughs> oh, the you numbers think they goosed us? Yeah. Well, honestly, Skeets, we're going to talk about Chris Paul later and how he's trying to chase down John Stockton's <laughs> assist record. Yeah. Those stats are wearing a goose suit, no doubt about it. Ain't no way anybody's catching those. I think they've been inflated a little mm -hmm. bit. But the smallies were great for the Jazz in this one. Season high 36 for Donovan Mitchell. Season high 30 for Mike Conley. He had 13 in the fourth. And Rudy Gobert did his part in the fourth quarter as well. Had the beef. Some solid defense on Harrison Barnes uh, on the Kings' last real possession. And made six free throws in the last two and a half minutes, Lee. I mm -hmm. think you're going to love that. A couple of interesting things in this game. First, uh, just like Kyle Lowry feels like he's been a Miami Heat for a long time, I feel like Mike Conley feels like he's been on the Jazz for his entire career. <laughs> like, I don't understand how that makes sense. It's only his third season. I remember his first season being very rough, but I also feel like he's played 15 years for the Jazz. Uh, Post-game, Quinn Snyder had a great quote. He said this about Mike Conley. I think he'd be a great quarterback. I think he'd probably be a heck of a tennis player. I'm sure he's a good bowler. Go down the line. We all know he can golf. I bet he can pick any position on the baseball field. That's the end of the quote from Quinn Snyder. But like, I'm now thinking Mike Conley is maybe the best athlete in the NBA outside of LeBron James. We know his dad was a gold medalist in the triple jump. So Mike yeah. Conley Jr., probably good at track and field. He's ambidextrous. I assume he's good at soccer, boxing, and hockey alongside basketball when he won horse shooting right-handed. Mm. What can't Mike Conley mm. do? Yeah, he's like Mr. Perfect. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, he can, yeah. He can throw his own touchdown pass and then go catch it in the end zone. I like that. I'd like uh, to see him battle Curry, in all honesty, Steph Curry, in like a bunch of sporting events, like like golf and sure. darts mm. and bowling, like those hand-eye coordination sports, I think would be a hell of a battle. But um, yeah, it's a pretty impressive victory by the Jazz. You know, they've got a great record. Uh, they're, they're up there with one of the best teams in the league. The Kings put up a fight, Tass. I don't know how much you watched of this one. They, they had a chance to actually win this game. They were right there. They just wouldn't go away. You know, Harrison Barnes was playing well. Um, but yeah, anything to add to this one? Yeah, what a delightful game from the Sacramento Kings. But uh, Michael, I'm good at horse. Conley was uh, phenomenal in this game. Uh, every time he's he has a good game, it's hard not to think about pandemic horse that was on ESPN <laughs> when he was shooting lefty righty from all parts of his private gym as they went and filmed him in his uh, his own abode. Of course, he's going to be great. We did two podcasts on that. Yeah, <laughs> two podcasts on the NBA horse mm -hmm. tournament. Whatever, whatever people want, we yeah, got it. Yeah. Uh, the only thing Michael Conley can't do this year is playing back-to-backs, and that's smart. They're saving him for the postseason because he is, like uh, Trey mentioned about Kyle Lowry, yeah, he's their outlet. When Donovan Mitchell needs somebody to do something on the perimeter to make a play, it's Mike Conley, and he's money. Uh, it is, it is uh, yeah, this part of his career – it's perfect for him where he's totally accepted being the secondary guy. It was weird for him when he got traded from Memphis to be this secondary ball handler, but it's working out perfect. And yeah, they look extremely strong. 
I don't know if it's just uh, my eyes late at night watching games, but it feels like Rudy Gobert's got a little more touch, a little more footwork this year. I've, uh, can you grow offensively in year whatever year he's in this deep? It's year nine for him yeah. in his career, but they absolutely need him uh, to be able to command the ball and, and for guys to feel confident with him to give him the ball because it can't just be outside in. And so Rudy, yeah, he didn't have a huge game offensively, but as Trey mentioned, he bang home some free throws. The footwork looks good. They look like, a obviously, a, a great team. And then from the other side, uh, Davion Mitchell had another solid game. I know he's not shooting the ball incredibly well this year, but this rookie class so 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 good and mm-hmm. I, I don't think a lot of people really expected it uh, obviously Mobley and Barnes but down the line like Davion Mitchell and Giddy and and Franz Wagner there's there's some really solid players in this I mean, Davion Mitchell can do it on both ends so him him hounding the Mitchell battle Davion hounding Donovan was uh was pretty solid uh going up and down the, the floor in this one it was uh, yeah it was a really good game Lee, is this considered a good loss for the Kings? You know, drops them to three and four, but they're in this game against the Jazz, or or no? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, they did battle and they were, were in it, but uh, the real concern for the Kings right now is Don- uh, Donovan is uh, De'Aaron Fox. Oh, he yeah. can't shoot. No. He cannot shoot from anywhere right now. His numbers are down. Every shooting 15% from three-point range. Now, he's never been a great three-point shooter, but 15%. He's six for 39 on the season. And even at the free-throw line, he's been over 70 his entire career. He's 24 for 38. So he is just really that struggling. That goddamn right. Wilson ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's it. Got to make an uh, excuse for my guy. Yeah, this is tough to watch right now. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's uh, shook a little bit by what's going on. He cannot score. Sorry to cut you off there. No, just, I mean, we were expecting this year to really, I, I think he was hovering in the sort of all-star conversation last year. And it was like, oh, yeah. okay, now it's like, okay, now take that step up. Become, you know, almost a 2010 every night guy. And in fact, it's going the opposite way for him. His confidence is down. He just doesn't look like he's able to sort of get to his spot. And again, let him shoot the three all you want if a guy's going to shoot 15% from downtown. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, really struggling for him right now. Uh, final note here, uh, just go back Mike Conley. I just fired up his basketball reference page. His two nicknames, Mike Conley? <laughs> Any guesses? Money Mike? That's Money Mike is wow. one. I can't remember ever being called that and the other one i've never even heard so it's got to do with sort of where he plays i guess in utah if that's a sort of a hint it's it sounds like money mike in a weird way it's an mm nickname it's it's mid-range mike Mike? no mountain mike (laughs) (laughs) mountain mike so i bring this up because how is it how do we not have horse mike there (laughs) If we have Mountain Mike, we can put Horse Mike. (laughs) Horse Mike. (laughs) Horse Mike is a funny nickname. (laughs) I liked it. Horse Mikein. Yeah, that's true. No, that's Lee. Yeah. Horse Mike. Uh, yeah, okay. So Horse Money Mike, Mike. Mike. Let's get Horse Mike basketball <laughs> reference up on uh, Mike Conley's uh, page there. Uh, other action. There's only three games left to touch on any or none of them if you want to ask. Uh, Chris Paul, third all-time in assists. Suns beat the Pelicans 112-100. LeBron and Westbrook got the Lakers past the Rockets again, though it was a little too close for comfort probably for Lakers fans. 119-117. Uh, Porter Jr. had a look at a three. Decent look, actually, that uh, didn't drop. So Lakers got the victory. And then Giannis led the Bucks to the 
89 route over the Detroit Pistons. Uh, of those three games, anything you want to touch on? Well, the Bucks are interesting because the champs are four and four, just four and four. We expect them to be, you know, one, two in the East, mainly because of injuries. Drew Holiday's been out, Brooke has been out, Chris Middleton has been out, but now they got a tough little sked of games coming up. They got the Knicks, Wizards, yeah, that's tough, Philly, Knicks, Boston, Atlanta, and the Lakers in a run here. So uh, if their injuries aren't there, you know, if they if their injuries, sorry, if the guys aren't coming back quite soon then yeah they could go on a little run where they're sub 500 and that would be really really weird uh, i will will also mention uh, devin booker we talked about the wilson ball he had something interesting to say post game he struggled in this one and he had this to say about the balls that it just feels like they're different from game to game and i haven't heard anyone hmm. else say that that they're just not the same ball not the same <laughs> feel from game to game which is very strange to hear but uh, I, I bring that up to bring up the athletics. Seth Part now did a little analysis. We're you know about a twelfth of the way through the season, so we can look at the numbers and the shooting percentages are down from last year. But that's because last year was an anomaly. It is normal to have bad shooting percentages at the beginning of seasons, but last year and the bubble to a degree were an anomaly because it just seems like shooting in an empty gym raised percentages. But it's expected that percentages. Our down court is Seth part now that this will it'll sort of even out they'll come back and so yeah they're down you know to like 34 percent from three-point land but it'll come back apparently mm-hmm. and this wilson ball thing well i think it may just go away when some shots start going down because we had cj mccollum saying i'm going to talk to the players association we're going to have a, <laughs> a round table about that we're going to have a zoom we're each going to hold the ball in front of the camera and we're going to talk about it he said we're going to have a, a discussion about the balls what 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 can be done? I mean, it's either you go back to the old balls or you don't, and it ain't going to happen. I mean, the only thing I think that uh, would appease the players is what you know, slap Spalding over the Wilson again, and everybody will be happy. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not changing. No. And, this uh, is. It's not the synthetic ball of whatever year that was. No. Uh, when was I think it? 2007. Something yeah. Like that. Yeah. Who knows? yeah. That, that they actually did get rid of uh, when they hit the new year in the calendar year there because they were like, it's cutting up my fingers. Like, I can't shoot with this thing. Yeah. <laughs> it, I, I'm with you, Tass. They're not doing that with this. If It's, it's basically the same ball, <laughs> just yeah. a different brand. And they'll mm-hmm. get used to it. They'll start hitting threes, and then this won't be a story. Yeah, I think so. And it, it is, it's common, again, to, to start slow. So it's, yeah. I, I find, yeah, the, the, but the Devin Booker comment that the balls are different has not been said by anyone. And it's, as Sam Unono says in the stream team, no two balls are the same. The balls should <laughs> always like be the same. They're not snowflakes. They're not wedges. <laughs> the balls cannot be different. Uh, but maybe, you know, the humidity changing of the seasons. Maybe Devin gets in there and the ball's a little moist, as J.D. likes oh, to Oh, God, we're not talking know. about moisture again. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, stay tuned to the No Dunks TikTok. There's a banger coming out later. <laughs> oh, God, I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, Lee, I, I asked you with the Kings in mm. losing whether that was, like, a, a good loss. Can I flip it on its head and ask you whether the Lakers beating the Rockets was a bad win? Is that a thing? I wish Kevin Porter's three went in so bad because there was a massive controversy with a couple of minutes to go in this game. Uh, I'm not going to go into the nitty-gritty because it's kind of technical and complicated, but check out Dave McManaman's feed. He has a great rundown on it. Basically, Kent Bazemore went to the free-throw line, hit two free-throws that he shouldn't have been taken. So the scorers counted them, 
And then in the timeout, the ref said, actually, he wasn't supposed to shoot those. They weren't in the penalty. So they took those free throws away and the Lakers were pissed. Yeah, because the Lakers were like, what do you mean? We don't even get the possession then. Yeah, in this yeah. And so, yeah. so they've got a point there. But I also will point out, often throughout the league, if a guy takes a three-pointer and it's called a three, sometimes the referees will go in a timeout and say, actually, his foot was on the line and only give two points. So... It's not completely like, yeah, you, you know, I know this is, possession for the this is yeah. a different situation in that sense, but it's still like the referees, they they, they kind of did the wrong thing by correcting the mistake that was made by the scorers, I think. So right, right. anyway, it would have been hilarious if the Rockets had pulled off this victory because, you know, the Lakers would have been writing a letter saying, we deserve to win that game. We shouldn't have got that. But the NBA would have said, we're not playing it again. Sorry, you've missed out. But anyway, it doesn't matter. The Lakers won. Very, very weird situation. though. So, uh, yeah, check out Dave McManaman's feed. He's got it all threaded there. It's about 25 threads long. That's why I'm not going to go through every single 25 one 25 tweets? Oh, it's wow. long, man. It's I long. Mean, it's long. I love oh. Dave McManaman. I could have told you in literally three sentences what happened. You, you did, Lee. Okay, 14. It's 14. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's okay. Uh, yeah, but it wasn't an inspiring Lakers win. Oh, no. Nah, regardless all. of these, uh, this little uh, foul uh, snafu there. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm. yeah. No, it was, Lakers, I mean. The Lakers basically said, we played defense once against you, and that's all we need to do. Yeah. You know, they held the Rockets to 85 points in their previous win. This one, they said, let's see if we can win it playing just offense. And they did. Uh, though I will say, Jalen Green is a lot of fun to watch. He, yeah. Almost uh, stole this one for the Rockets, hitting a couple of threes that he shot 150,000 feet into the air. Oh, I my think. God. That step back one over AD was hilariously high. The moves were crazy and the launch angle. Uh, shout out to the exit velocity on that one. <laughs> launch angle. They had uh, de-iced that thing on the way down, but <laughs> he is fun to watch. Made five threes last night, had a couple of dunks, and most of his shots ended up being wide open on the three-pointers because uh, the Lakers just were not tuned in. But I don't know. Uh the Lakers shouldn't give up 117 to the Rockets. No. But also, they're like, we got LeBron. He's going to play hard in the fourth quarter. That's all it takes. Yeah, and that's exactly what he did. And that's the that's why it's like a, you know, a quote-unquote bad win. It's like, ugh, you shouldn't need LeBron to save your ass yeah. versus a Rockets team that doesn't even want to win these games. But he did, and they won, and they're fine, and their record's okay. It's... Probably just, uh, yeah, they're not, uh, they're definitely not locked in defensively, though, Tass. You know, they're not stopping a lot of teams here, not just the Rockets last night. No, they're struggling. They're struggling defensively. There's a lot of watching. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they get bailed out in the end. It's uh, To me, it was really similar to the Suns-Pelicans game. The Pelicans, you know, nearly stolen, but the Suns decided in the second half, oh, yeah, we got this. Yeah, they're not on the same page. And even Anthony Davis isn't really locked in at all times. Who is their, you know, their, their best player defensively that makes them go? So, yeah, it's chill time for the Lakers. They'll bounce up into the standings pretty soon. Yeah, the milestone in that Suns game, Chris Paul, third all-time now in assists. He passed uh, two guys last night, Mark Jackson and Steve Nash, who were, uh, you know, the difference was one assist yeah. between the two of them. So Chris Paul blew by them. But, yeah, very far behind John Stockton, Lely. Don't think he's going to be catching them. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like kids in second. Is that right? Um, uh, I think that might be right. Yeah. Possibility um, yeah. that he could get to his uh, level. Uh, might that might be even a little yeah, far fetched? But don't, not John. 
Just one thing, don't say anything about John Stockton getting favorable assist totals at home because someone's going to tweet at you and say, look, he got the same on the road. So that even the oh. away scorers were okay. uh, also favoring. Because it's happened to me before. I said, I think he got a few favorable assist totals. And someone had all the stats broken down by home right. and road. So, you know. Okay. Yeah, but Chris Bernie Paul also... Maxwell, uh, oh, just Maxwell like, probably talks a little trash about that. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's a pretty good follow on Twitter for that. Just Yeah. Just giving it to Utah fans every turn, every day. Uh, Chris Paul, just quickly as well, shooting the ball down the stretch there, looked uh, about as spry as he's looked this season. I think a couple of those mid-range classics from Chris Paul talking a bit of trash. But they shouldn't have been down 20 to the Pelicans. So Anyway. I'll slip this in here too. I don't want to do it to the kid, but Cade Cunningham is off to a rough start in two games of his NBA career. Two for 14 last night, including 0 for 9 from 3. He's shooting 13.6% uh, again through two games, but he's 0 for 14 Lee on three pointers. That is the longest drought to start a career since this guy went 0 for 25 in his first 20 games for the Celtics. Do you know who it is? Or do any of you that didn't uh, see this weird stack going around know who it is? I, I mean, Antoine Walker, to me, could no, be the guy. No, it's, a, it's more, more recent. recent. 1920, more recent. 1920 season. Yeah, and like he's a big guy, so you're not going to think of him as like a you know a wing sort of letting it fly uh, three pointers. So he, he shoots him. He's a yeah. big guy. Uh, yeah. He's got like Robert a, Williams. yeah Robert Williams. No, not that big. Uh, B- bigger, not, like, not that Williams. Yeah, bigger. Yeah. No, oh, oh, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Grant Williams. There you go. Yeah, yeah Grant Williams started mm. 0 for 25 wow. from three in his first 20 games. Uh, Cam Reddish also started 0 for 14 in four games for Atlanta when he started that year. But yeah, Cade. Rough start there, Trey. Mm. Uh, but, you know, we don't need to go overboard on it. It just sucks. <laughs> he just can't, yeah. can't score right now. He's the number one pick. That That's bad. I get it. He is struggling. And yeah. honestly, a little bit of trash talk from Giannis as well. The Bucks came into this one having lost three straight. And after the blowout, Giannis said, thank God we won a game. I was worried we we're going to start tanking for the number one pick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> awkward. Uh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> I didn't even think about that part. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Giannis also had some funny lines about, uh, you know, get Brooke back here. Yeah. I want to play he's center. Hard. Yeah, he was. He's, they're loose, man, after that title for sure. Okay. We're going to take our first break. Then we'll get to the Ben Simmons update. We'll hit the beach for a few questions. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. All right, back with No Dunks. We'll hit the beach in a second. But let's slip this in here, though I'm not sure anyone cares anymore at this point. Uh, ESPN's Ramona Shelburne, she appeared on NBA Today on Tuesday afternoon, provided a little insight on the chances of Ben Simmons trying to play again for the 76ers, according to Shelburne. Simmons is working with mental health professionals through the National Basketball Players Association, so through the union, to reach a state of mental readiness to hoop. 
though he is not offering the organization any details on those efforts. So there's like frustration, it sounds like, Tass, from the Sixers. Simmons says he's getting help through the union, but Sixers are like, you're not sharing any of that info with us and you don't want to see our doctors. It's a bit of a mess here, um, but do you have anything to add to this, again, update on Simmons, I guess you want to call that? I guess I just never thought of Ben Simmons being this much of a stubborn guy. He is uh, really laying, putting his foot down here. <laughs> he wasn't with the team. He came back and said, you know what? I'll come back so I get paid. But that's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to talk to you about what's going on with me mentally. I'm not going to work with the team at all. Joel Embiid tried before the home opener, you know, when he grabbed the mic to say, hey, he's our brother. He tried to bring him in. Daryl Morey also is trying to bring him in somewhat, get on the floor and we'll be able to trade you. But now we're just at a point where Ben is you know, drawing a line in the sand and it's the game of chicken. Will Daryl Morey uh, bite first or will, will Ben Simmons uh, get in a uniform for, for, for once? Uh, this is uh, you know, weeks into the season. It's obvious that he just doesn't want to play. Daryl Morey doesn't want to trade him at this point. He doesn't have a package to trade him. And uh, it's... Um, it's yeah, it's a game of chicken. That's it. Ben Simmons is is more stubborn than even Jimmy Butler, even Anthony Davis. Jimmy Butler at least would suit up after he demanded a trade and said he didn't want to be there. Anthony Davis at least suited up, and Ben Simmons isn't negotiating, isn't talking uh, to anyone while he is getting paid by the team. So it's uh, very, 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 very rough uh, for the Sixers brass here at this point, and as. Daryl Morey said, I'll wait out this for four years if I, if I need to. Four seasons, you're under contract, Ben. You going to bite? Are you going to bite here, Ben? Uh, I, I just didn't think Ben would be this hard-headed about it. I thought he would at least suit up at some point after coming back. But uh, the fact that he isn't talking to the team about what he's going through, he isn't uh, dealing with the team, it's, uh, it's surprising to me, uh, considering they are paying him. Try anything, Dad? I'm not super surprised <clears throat> that he's not sharing with the Sixers because, A, he doesn't really owe it to the Sixers to inform them about the way he's handling his mental health struggles. And honestly, I don't feel like the Sixers have been super supportive of him. They tried to trade him last year, then they brought him back. Then when he was at his lowest point, eh, they all threw him under the bench only to try and talk him back. Now they're wanting to hear from Ben Simmons about his mental health struggles just so they can get him back and trade him. It's like... Every time, they just want him to do what they want so that they can get rid of him. So uh, I don't see any sort of solution to this uh, scenario except for a trade. And if Daryl Morey is really ready to go for four years, then we're probably going to keep hearing about this for four years. I doubt that's the case, but um, it's not surprising to me that Simmons doesn't feel like sharing with the 76ers. I don't really blame him for it. Yeah, I think there's an important part in uh, Ramona's and... Uh well, she was assisting her in this article. And it reads, quote, Sixers fined Simmons nearly $2 million for missing games, practices, and meetings earlier this season. But sources said the team stopped fining him once he told them on October 22nd that he wasn't mentally ready to play. There is a provision in the collective bargaining agreement that protects players' salaries for failing to render services if such failure has been caused by the player's mental disability, end quote. Now, why is that there? To me... Whoever is telling this to Shelburne and to Woj, this is the Sixers saying, look, he's using this as an excuse. He is just saying he's not mentally ready to play, so he can no longer be 
fine by us. Um, but we want to see all this, you know, what's going on with him talking to his doctors. Like, this is like his counter to them saying, you've got to show up or we're going to find you. Now, I hope Ben Simmons gets whatever assistance he needs, be it from Sixers doctors or his own doctors. But I think that's in this article, Lee, because the Sixers are saying bullshit. <laughs> that's, my, that's my read on yeah. it. And I'm not and, saying that's what's actually happening, but I think that's why that's in this article. Yeah, and the, the relationship is so broken right now that if Ben Simmons is having mental issues, then they deserve to be treated with respect. But if he's just saying that because he knows that's a card you can play where you don't right. have to prove it, then that becomes a tricky situation as well. And and I think, you know, I understand both sides here. People saying, you know, that stuff is private. Yes, but under these circumstances, the Sixers are just saying, well, we're going to need to see proof of that because we don't believe it. That's what it sounds like to me. Because let's say Ben Simmons had an ACL injury and he was rehabbing off the side and being treated with doctors away from the team. Wouldn't the Sixers also say, well, can you at least show us what your doctors are looking at and treating? And I think this case, again, because of everything else that's gone on, Philadelphia just wants to say, if that's true, then prove it. Mm-hmm. If you can't prove it, then we need to know really what's going on. That's that's the the fine line here because yep. the mental health again it, it's it's a very serious issue and should be treated such. But if someone is, you know, maybe hiding behind that, then I I, I can see why Philadelphia wants to see what it is that he's dealing with. I, I think this is why argument. he's not sharing with the 76ers. This is exactly the reason why they're basically saying. We don't believe you. Prove it to us. So why would he share with them? Well, well what, why what, what, wouldn't they speculate on that when he was playing all summer and he was training all summer and he was playing and then he didn't show up for training camp? They and washed so they their said, hands of him. They were like, we want you gone until they couldn't trade him. Now we want you back. Well, they, wa- they wanted him to be around the team. They would like him to. They want him to be around the team. They he, didn't he, over the summer. They did not want him on the team. They were yeah, trying but, to trade him all summer. But he has to show up. Well, for they him. weren't trying to trade him, though. Daryl Morey was was basically not trying to trade him. He was trying no, to keep they, him. No, they were trying to trade him. Seriously, Ben Simmons. Well, they've been trying to trade him Darryl, since he passed it away. Well, Daryl Morey. Either way, camp starts. He has to show up. So he's playing basketball all summer. Uh, you know what? Not going to show up. Can't. I'm not showing up. You have to. That is part of the process. That's the only way you're going to get dealt. You want to be dealt? Fine, but you got to show up. Like Jimmy Butler. Like Anthony Davis. Eh, I'm not going to show up. Oh, we're not paying you. Oh, I'll show up. So it's it's difficult. I think it wasn't it wasn't a very it wasn't a good faith uh, negotiation here. It wasn't. And and from from both sides, I understand why he would be upset. Why post game after he didn't dunk the guys, uh, Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers had some comments, but he didn't he he didn't own up to it. And uh, now, so it's understandable that it, I I understand from the front office perspective that it doesn't feel like a good faith negotiation, good faith situation. They just have to trade him. <laughs> they have to trade him. <laughs> yeah. And, or, or, or don't. Or don't and tell him to go home and that he doesn't need to be around the team and you're not going to, you know, find him. That, that, that's, those are the two things. So you either just sit on it and hope somebody panics and offers you more to get him because that's what you want. Obviously, you want to help your team's chances. I get all that. Uh, or you just do it now. And so it's, it's really, I think this is where we've reached with this part. Um, and, and look, the, the mental health issue makes it tricky. Because uh, you can't say, yeah, bullshit. But you can also, they want to say, well, hold on, though. Like, you might just be saying that. It appears like you're just saying that. So you don't get fined. That yeah, may not be the case. Had, but the, yeah. yeah, he said Go he ahead. had a, a back, back tightness as well. I mean, and it's like... I know. 
you know, again, these sorts of injuries are, are tough to totally evaluate. It's like, oh, I've got yeah. a sore back. Okay, well, there's not really much we can show other than, okay, let's take all sorts of scans of and do other tests to see. So that that's why the skepticism here. But, I mean, both sides are basically just digging their heels in right now anyway. Oh, yeah. And yeah, this so, is, they, they, and, don't, but, they and hate Mori, each other, they don't trust each other. Yeah. yeah. And Daryl Morey, you know, he said, he goes, buckle what did he say? Buckle up, buckle, buckle in, in. <laughs> whatever. Buckle in. You know, he's, wrap up. He, he's basically he's saying, "All right, well, if you're not going to show up, then I'm not going to try to trade you because why would I do that right now? I'm not getting the offers that I I think are significant." So, anyway, Lee, this, do you have a sore? Lee, do you have a sore back? Oh, sometimes, yeah, yeah. That's maybe that's because you're playing though. basketball in all birds. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the shoes, Tassie. It's, it's not the shoes. It's not. The hey, shoes. look, let's take <laughs> off all of our shoes and uh, let's hit the beach and answer a few questions. Yeah, a few questions from you guys. Keep sending them in, nodunksattheathletic.com. Tweet them in at nodunksinc. Or leave them in the YouTube comments below this video or any of our videos. All right, first one here from Gavin. Hello, No Dunks crew. My email is pretty simple. After seeing Scotty Barnes in these first few games and generally doubting the pick before the preseason, I've definitely come around. His game looks very similar to what Sean Livingston looked like post-injury. Unbelievable playmaker, but not a great score. Now, obviously, the fact that Scotty is a rookie and is still learning, that's huge. Sean Livingston had the raw skill advantage over Scotty. Who knows what Livingston's career could have become had it not been for that injury. So the premise of this email is, again, hopefully straightforward. Scotty Barnes versus Sean Livingston. When it's all said and done, <laughs> who will have had the better NBA career Kind regards. Again, that's from Gavin, and Lee is already laughing. How did this question be, get into the beach already? I mean, this, if this was the last show of the season, last, you know, like, okay, maybe we can, it's like, all right, we're running out of questions. Let's throw this one in. I mean, how can we possibly evaluate that right now? Sean Livingston, obviously, you know, we, we know the, the numbers don't jump off the page at you for his career, but a, a very, very solid veteran, especially in those later years with the Warriors coming off the bench. He was a bucket in the low post there. He had that to his game and just really fit a role but I mean Scotty Barnes has played how many games six or even that many has he played that <laughs> many five played that many yeah uh, I mean uh, you know <laughs> with respect to Sean Livingston because he was a, a very great uh, great guy great veteran I would hope <laughs> I would hope that what we're seeing, guy. <laughs> no well, I, I would hope that you know Scotty Barnes would have a, a better career because uh, Sean's was uh, affected severely because of that uh, that knee injury that he suffered which always gets mentioned I think there was a question about that in uh, mailbag one time so yep. you know uh, uh, but I, yeah. I don't know who this is more disrespectful to, this email. <laughs> to Sean Livingston, who's obviously an NBA champion and had a pretty storied history, or Scotty Barnes getting compared after seven games to Sean Livingston. Tass, I, I, I don't know what the, the answer is to that. Well... I, don't know. I mean, it's really just to talk about Scotty Barnes. I mean, we know what Sean Livingston did. He was he was extremely solid in, in bouncing back from an injury I heard he had. Uh, but uh, Scotty is, it's an interesting comparison, I guess, because really it's a, a guy who can handle without a shot. I mean, that's what it really comes down to. Um, it's, it's interesting that he says Sean Livingston had the raw skill advantage over Scotty. Is that true? Sean Livingston was awesome coming yeah. out of high school. Well, I, yeah. I, don't, I didn't really have problems with that. I mean, Scotty Barnes looks like, obviously, an incredibly athletic guy, too. But, yeah. 
I would agree with Trey. I, I think maybe Livingston at, at before the injury for sure. And I will say Scotty Barnes also seems like a great guy with that smile. <laughs> yeah, uh, both great guys, yeah. yeah, both seem to be great guys. Uh, I think when we're looking at their basketball reference pages in 20 years, I think Scotty Barnes will have more things on his basketball reference page, more individual accomplishments. Yep. But it's going to be tough to get to three NBA championships, which Sean Livingston has. So take your pick there. That being said, I think this is the wrong Warriors role player to compare Scotty Barnes to. Here we go. Scotty Barnes might be the new Andre Iguodala. Good Hmm. handle, good athlete, good defender, solid scorer, maybe not a shooter. Seems like he'll be a, also a great guy and a good glue guy, like an ultimate glue guy. Like right. Scotty Barnes seems like the kind of guy already at age 20 you could add to a team that's one piece away and he's able to guard threes. He's able to guard fours. Maybe he guards a five here and there. He hits a clutch three if you need it. He scores on the break. I don't know. What do you think? One-time All-Star? Andre Iguodala as well. Got some all-defense. Got some all-rookie. I think these are things Scotty Barnes could achieve. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I could I could see a scenario where Scotty Barnes, if he was the lead guy on a team like a Nigadala with Philadelphia, where yeah, maybe gets a little a little shine, gets some accolades, but not like that's not going to be a title contender. Like you know, Iggy can't be your best player probably to win a title. You want him to be your your third or fourth best guy. I, I could sort of see that with with Scotty Barnes uh, after seven goddamn years <laughs> in the NBA. Uh, sure, a funny question, and yeah, just a little uh, little Scotty talk. He has played seven games, Lee. He's only ah, missed one, and they he's right, going to miss so uh, tonight's game though yeah. as well. Yeah, so thumb injury, yeah, got the thumb injury there. Uh, okay, well let's just move on to our next one here. Good day, no Dunkaroos, uh, JD. Get ready here, fired up. Skeet's called the Knicks Bing Bong guy. Bing bong. There it is. The off-court MVP this week. Side note, did I say that? I think I said it. I was going to say it. I don't remember saying that. Yeah, okay, anyway. Somebody on this show called the Knicks Bing Bong guy. Go ahead, JD. Bing bong. The off-court MVP. That feels like a no-dunks award, and I can't believe it doesn't already exist. So Bing Bong might be the easy winner right now, but who is at the table for the Hmm. no-dunks off court, most valuable player. Bing bong, bing your bong, bing bong. <laughs> that's from Bing Bong. Yeah, that's from James. <laughs> uh, that's from Bing Bong who wrote yeah. in. Thanks, Bing Bong. Uh, yeah, Bing Bong guy. He is the MVP, though he may be splitting votes with. Uh... <laughs> I saw that both of those yeah. guys went to the game I together. Saw that too. Unfortunately, they did take a dancing L to the Toronto Raptors. Uh, So tough one for their MVP case. But I got a few other um, uh, candidates for y'all here sitting at the table. How about the NBA competition committee saying, hey, we're good with fouls. Fouls are fine this year. It's made the league more watchable. It's made it a lot more fun. And everybody's talking about how cool it is uh, that there are fewer free throws and fewer Mm. whack foul calls. So I would put them at the table. They're at the table. Do they have the narrative, though? Do they have the the (laughs) bing-bong narrative to to take this home? But truly on the floor? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Actually, it's interesting to hear Monty McCutcheon saying that it may be going, the pendulum may be going a little too far and that guys are you know, being knocked off their path and we're doing this in real time. We're contacting the referees and saying, you know, guys uh, are getting hit and maybe we got to figure this out. Yeah. I, mean, th- yeah, I think they're... Uh, anyways, they're on it. They're on it. But yes, I, I agree. On the table, 
they ordered the wine um that that rule change ordered the wine what wine what a rule change drink <laughs> what <laughs> what hell are you saying what wine what wine would a rule, would a rule change, change drink yeah they're at the table the referees oh. are at the table <laughs> okay okay i gotcha um you know monty mccutcheon's wearing a bow tie to the table mm, no doubt is he on the committee I, probably yeah he's sort of the leader I thought, yeah. He was, yeah I thought he was the head guy um for well yeah not the committee but for the uh the officials association the referees association. yeah uh just a couple things i keep hearing on different podcasts like how like they're allowing so much more like bumping and like grabbing and stuff like that and they're not calling it in watching you know what already feels like a million games that to me is not what's going on out there they're allowing a defensive guy who's trying to move his feet to try to go straight up at the rim, they're allowing contact when an offensive guy makes contact. That's where, that, and this is beautiful. I love it. I think it's like, I get it. It's always going to be difficult. Like, oh, how much contact should be allowed? Ooh, should that be free throws? Ooh, was the defender reaching over? But it's not to me Lee grabbing and all this stuff. I keep hearing this said. No, it's, it's an offensive guy driving that they just are letting go without a whistle called way more frequently than we'd seen in the years past. That's my opinion. Yeah, I, I think there's just yeah. a lot more physicality of when guys are banging down low where it's not yep. just like, we're just going to bail you out now with a foul call. It's like, yeah. go at, it, at, at each other. As long as the guy doesn't, you know, like if you whack someone across the wrist when they're shooting, you know, that's a foul. But if the guy is like doing that embellishment where he's trying to, you know, wrap his arms underneath the other guy, that's what they're not calling, which I love. So I think overall the refereeing has been fantastic this season because there's been times where that has happened where a guy's gone in his normal natural shooting mode and only been hit sort of softly, but it's that's a foul if he's doing it naturally. It's just not a foul when, when you know some guy's throwing himself onto the other guy or when there's just some incidental contact. So mm-hmm. it's, it's never going to be perfect because it's the hardest game to well, referee. And, and that we was going to be my second point. It's never going to be perfect. It's yeah. never going to be like every call. Wow, you guys nailed it. So which one would you rather have? The one where the guy always goes to the free throw line more no. times than not? Or the opposite? Yeah, where it's like, nope, sorry guys, whistle swallowed. Let's go, yeah. let's play. Yeah. I want yeah. that one, you know, every day of the week. You know, uh, I so. played pickup ball in Germany in the summer. Not a single foul was called. I loved it. <laughs> So it's uh, across the globe. I get shot in pickup ball. Play on in pickup ball, and it was a physical Sunday afternoon. Everyone had had brunch. Uh, the other guy was smoking a joint. He'd have, he was swigging on his can of beer as well. He wasn't calling fouls, and he was real, getting after real it. Real competitive it. game you're in there. <laughs> Here's the ref looking for the fouls out at uh, the playgrounds of Germany. Can't see them. Where are they? Welcome to the table competition committee. A couple more candidates for you. Yep. Arturis Karnishevis, the architect of the Bulls being back. Oh, God. Off-court MVP? I would say you can lock him in for executive of the year. How can we never pick executive of the year in our preseason preview podcast? (laughs) Because we do coach of the year and even that. Even that's brutal. Oh, it looks like there's going to be 28 candidates for coach of the year this year. Let's get into the execs. Who's going to have a better career, Arturis Karnishevis or Sean Livingston? <laughs> wow, when it's all said and done, that's tough. That's all tough. right, you don't like a GM at the table. How about this guy, LeVar Ball? Ooh. Lonzo they- Ball playing well for the Bulls. LaMelo Ball balling out for the Hornets. One but, of the where, most but where teams? is LeVar Ball? I feel like we've never even heard from him anymore. 
Uh, he sat courtside for the yeah. first Bulls game at the United Center. Yeah. He got um he got a T-shirt from Benny the Bull, and he did bring back Big Baller Brand. They're back making a basically Adidas Stan Smiths that say Triple B on the side. Yeah, that's true. But I felt like there was a stretch where he was on ESPN. Like, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, three times a week. It felt like so. Okay. Yeah, he's staying under the radar right now, yeah. which I think is part of his MVP case, if I'm yeah. being quite honest. <laughs> and my last yeah. uh, my last person I'm invi- inviting to the table, Graphic Mark. He's helped us get our No Dunks TikTok going. Just went over 1,000 followers the other day, so wow. shout out to Graphic Mark. Wow, that's a good one. I, I mean, I was always going to make a case. I mean, he's become basically LeBron at this point, but JD... Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, with the with the work going on behind the scenes, but it's just you know, it's sorry, JD, you've already won this award too many times. Like the narrative is just not there yeah, anymore. It's so not there. It's, yeah. Okay. Okay. Graphic. <laughs> work, I like that one. Yeah. Go check out the TikTok there. Uh, speaking of uh, LeBron, this is a, a pictorial one, but if you've seen oh, the guy yeah. who looked like LeBron behind LeBron, I mean, this, this is some time travel <laughs> dead, shit. Dead yeah. ringer right yeah, there, yeah. hanging yeah. up. Like, you don't see people who look like LeBron James. <laughs> this is in terms of in terms of size, body type. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the hat as well, the beard. It's just you don't see that very often. So uh, to see that shot, if you haven't seen it, he was sitting beside behind him at a Lakers game, and to get that perfect look where he's sitting courtside, he's not trying to look like LeBron James. I don't think. I mean, maybe, <laughs> but uh, just just a thing of beauty. Just just the world working in funny ways. Oh, I don't what about the guy name. that looked like Clay Thompson? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah. That guy was bringing it. That guy well, was that, trying. That guy did used to play in the league, though. That uh, guy behind LeBron. I think his name's uh, Patrick. Someone. Really? In the NBA? <laughs> yeah. He used to play in the... He's a fashion designer now. Huh. Yeah. What? Yeah. True story. Uh, I saw I saw it going uh, around. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I I can't trust anything you say anymore. Yeah. I no, mean, you've no, been no, wrong I, the last eight facts you've shared on this show. <laughs> okay. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, I'll have to do some research on yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, maybe Elias could help us out with that one. Have you paid them yet? <laughs> <laughs> don't need to. I don't need Patrick. to. Okay, I'm trust. not seeing... Patrick... Okay. Is that Patrick Ewing? Don't think so. No, I highly doubt it. Uh, Pat Cummings. Um... Oh, Patrick. Pat I'm seeing Pat, Pat Murphy. Hey, Pat Murphy. <laughs> Pat, <laughs> he just it's makes not Patrick shirts. McCaw. How about Patrick Patrick Christopher. Patrick Christopher. Yeah, that's it. Patrick Christopher. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so who what, who did oh, he play he for? The Jazz. Uh, yeah, don't know. But uh, four games for the Jazz. <laughs> oh, four games. Yeah, guess he made the league. Uh, all right. One more question here, guys. Hello, No Dunks, Inc. Been listening since the summer of 2007. I finally remember Task calling the Spurs boring. Not true. I, I <laughs> Prove finally it. Prove remember Task calling the Spurs boring. Weird. They had Hall of Famers then, this person <laughs> writes. <laughs> Crazy. Anyway, it continues. I missed last season. Oh, this is insane, this email. I missed last season of No Dunks. So I just caught up and listened to every episode of No Dunks in reverse order. Highly recommended. (laughs) (laughs) Highly recommended. What is something that you like to do out of order? Thunder up, hard and trade, Katie leaves, Russ stayed loyal. That's from Matt Seeley. Two just insane parts of that. One, missing an entire... Well, three parts. One, missing an entire season of No Dunks. What the hell's wrong with you, Matt? Two, deciding to listen back to the whole thing. Like a real sicko. And then three, doing it in reverse <laughs> order. <laughs> um, but good on you, Matt. Thanks for the downloads. Uh, 
This question, though, is something you like to do out of order. I'll go first, just really quickly. I, I struggled with this. I think I do, especially like in a, in a doctor's office or somewhere, I do the old read a magazine backwards. <laughs> like I pick up a magazine and I flip backwards. I start at the end and I sort of just make my way. Like, am I really reading it front, you know, back to front? No, but you know, like just like what's going to catch my eye and what am I going to stop on? So I do that. I don't know if anybody oh. else. Lee, do you? Uh, Weird. Do you well, go backwards there. I, I haven't seen magazines in uh, you know dental offices and stuff for a while. They were taken away. Taken away. So uh, that's true. This yeah. is a while ago. Good point. Good yeah, point. yeah, yeah. But uh, no, not for me. Not for me. But what I do do, I'm not sure if this is even in the reverse order, or for some people it might be the normal order. But when I wash my car, I wash inside out. So I do all the vacuuming, you know, wiping down uh, all the all the stuff inside the interior, and then I do the outside. Because it used to get no problem with too that. wet yeah. and too, you know, then you're trying to get the vacuum cleaner out when it's all wet and bubbly everywhere. So I switched it up and I went inside out. So that's why I do it. Okay. Yeah, that's the way I do <laughs> I it I feel too. like most people do it that way. But. Uh, yeah, that's what I, I wondered. I thought, because I used to be outside in first, so I switched it up. But anyway. <laughs> it makes it sound like you were vacuuming the outside of your car <laughs> and then washing the inside of your car <laughs> to the interior. Uh, all right, Tass, did you, again, uh, did you have difficulty answering this one? Is this something you I, did in reverse order? I, I definitely did. Uh, I asked Danielle, and yeah, she said, everything. She said, you do everything backwards. And she really, she was just digging at me. Uh, she was, you know, putting in... Uh, a complaint. She was putting in her complaint. She was putting it on record that she doesn't like the way I exit the house. She wants to go, 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 and I do stuff before I leave. I, I want to feel these dumb accomplishments like, oh, yeah, let me put that shoe back. Let me put that sock into the wash. Let me give it a quick uh, little scrub so the stain comes out. Let's go! So, anyways, she, she said that is backwards, I guess. Um, what I do backwards? Uh, going into the laundry room, I probably take out the lint from the dryer before I put in the clothes. That's smart. Oh, not, yeah, you should do that. That's smart. You got to. Yeah. But I do it at all times. Like, I'm just a lint man. I just want that lint. <laughs> I don't do anything backwards. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to think about it. I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I do backwards. Uh, I asked Laura as well, and, you know, she just wanted to dunk on me. She's like, you just grab an Ikea thing and start trying to figure it out rather than following directions, mm. and that's why we always uh. end up with extra screws. But am I doing it out of order, or am I just mm. being creative? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but it's tough. I don't know. The weirdest thing to me is when you get dressed backwards, like when you get dressed from the top down, when you put on your shirt first before <laughs> going to your pants. Don't like that at all, so I don't do that one backwards. It's much cooler to be standing in your closet pants on, shirt off, looking for the top piece, then shirt on, pants off, looking for the bottoms. Well, mm. do, you put, do you put your socks on before your pants? No. No, yeah. I would say socks last You know when I me. do, though? I put my socks on <clears throat> before my pants when I'm wearing, like, a suit. Because it's, like, tighter. Like, just the pants, like... like it's just tighter. Shoot, shoot in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know what Matt's answer I just realized? Matt Austin's answer to this would be... When we were the starters, especially, we would come up with the name of a segment before <laughs> coming up with the segment. That's reverse order. Uh, you know, just, just a funny yeah. name. Yeah. And then, ah, what, what is that? Oh, okay, let's figure that part out. Uh, JD, do you have anything? I'll, I'll come to you. I know you got a construction zone over there, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I have a big one, actually. I bought this house 
and then I went to go see it after. <laughs> go on. So that's wow, a bad, yeah. that's something that's very very big and and backwards. Um, <laughs> and it's worked out for the most part. For the most oh. part. Oh, are you recommending that? Well, uh, <laughs> I'm not. I, I absolutely do not recommend it. But mm. uh, you know, uh, some of the construction happening is as a result of that decision. But uh, hey, <laughs> it's a it's a hot market here in Atlanta. If you if you get a, a, a whiff of something, you got to jump on it. You just got to you got to get. If it's a good deal, just go for it and then deal with the consequences. After. <laughs> so uh, that's how I roll with most things, actually. Yeah. So I'm glad I'm glad it's working out so far. So far, it's good. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, all right. We'll take one more break. When we come back, JD's got tweet of the night. We've got pick and results, so don't go anywhere. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Wouldn't you love to travel without the actual, you know, traveling part? For example, I want to go to Lisbon, let's say. I just snap my fingers, I'm there. No driving to the airport, no flight delays, no fools at security who still don't know that, yes, you need to take your laptop out of your bag and place it in the tray. Oh my God, how long have we been doing this? Travel without traveling. I want it both ways, but that's not possible. It is with Mack Weldon, though. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But this is possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I've got it all. I got the air-knit underwear. I got the Ace Collection sweatpants. I've got the Silver Peak Polo. Everything fits perfectly. All I get is compliments. Mack Weldon has figured this stuff out. Because performance fabric usually means clothes that look or feel sort of techy or shiny. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of a busy life. They look like regular clothes, which is good. I want regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with the promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS. 
Okay, let's start wrapping this bad boy up. JD, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mmm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. So, yeah, the, um, there's been a lot of wild pig content in the last uh, <laughs> last uh, few weeks here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Skeets, you sent me this tweet yesterday. And I was dying, and it, it it's from uh, it's from the line of Best Fit, which is a uh, a music a new music discovery website in the UK. But uh, they tweeted about Columbia's finest Shakira, and here's the tweet: Shakira says people were quote just watching and not quote doing anything when her bag was stolen by wild boars in Barcelona. Uh, first of all, why is she on a surfboard in this yeah, picture? I know, that's, uh, that that's, that's a w- weird part of it. Uh, so digging a little deeper, she's in a park with her son uh, in Barcelona, and wild boars came out, stole her purse. Nobody did anything. Uh, <laughs> supposed to do exactly exactly <laughs> uh you know she get, she ended up getting the purse back all of this was captured after the fact she was she there was an instagram story that i couldn't find and i didn't care to really dig for it but uh i think she was like showing the damage of her purse uh right. and there apparently there was a sandwich in the purse yeah that'll do um, <laughs> and they took the sandwich and they left everything else so the valuables they got the valuables but uh I don't know that I would, I would take on a wild boar. No. Mm. It is Shakira though, but uh, even oh, still, oh, you want to look like a hero? Or, yeah. yeah. Well, just a chance to meet her. Like, here, here's, here's your purse, man. Here's your purse. <laughs> oh, Enrique Iglesias is from Barcelona. He could be her hero, baby. Oh. Well, and JD, uh, she's a great skateboarder. You've got the longboard there. You two can. Uh, oh, I, I mean, you, you got know, something in common. I saw I saw that video of her skateboarding. I'm like, oh my god, this girl in my dreams over here. The girl in my dreams. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, it, one of the responses I just loved in uh, in the thread was this yeah. dandy <laughs> from Miriam Deckert. Uh, it reminded me when a wild boar stole a laptop in Germany from a naked guy, and it's a picture of a naked guy chasing a wild boar. And it looks like the boar's babies, like little piglets yeah. are also yeah. running. Oh. Little boars. I mean, uh, for the listeners out there, you got to get on to, uh, to YouTube to check this picture out because it is absolute gold. So, And then it's weird because earlier, you know, I'm always on the hunt for a cold open. And uh, earlier uh, in October, uh, one of my favorite uh, Instagram follower, uh, follows uh vinnie thomas he posted this picture now this is a this is a warthog which is in the same family it is a wild still a wild pig and uh this video i I was dead after i watched it and so here is another encounter with a wild pig here it is check this out warthog he's gonna come up the steps here he comes oh my goodness and he's huge Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. (laughs) Help me! Help! Help! 
Oh, that was giving me so much no anxiety. That built up like, oh god, what is this thing gonna do? I, I loved wow. it, and so I so I wanted to fit this in as a code open, but it's too much of a setup. So this is perfect. So Vinny, he often will do this. It's a bit that I love. He posts a video like that, and then he will hop on and do a little monologue, uh, a little sketch, playing the animal or whatever <laughs> object we just okay. saw. And he's been in a cold open of ours before, but this was too hard to set up, so I'm so happy that we're able to put it in the show. So here's Vinny Thomas <laughs> as the warthog. I'm live? Okay, great. Hi, everyone. This is a warthog. I'm coming to you live from the phone of a man I just robbed. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I hope he's seeing this. Sir, if you see this, I want to let you know that I have your phone and your wallet. <laughs> you dropped them when you jumped up on that table. So whenever you're ready to come down, you know where to find me. I'll be in the sparse woodlands to the south. And before you show up, you might want to ask your daddy for some shin guards and leather gloves. Because I'm going to take your legs and hands next. I'm going to Hakuna Mater you to pieces. Have a blessed day. I didn't realize that guy. He's done uh, He's done the pigeon at Mardi Gras as That's well. Pigeon at Pride. Pigeon at Pride. Oh, yeah, Pride, sorry. And then he did the uh, Earth trying to get into the galactic uh, uh, yeah. acceptance. Yeah, he's Absolutely. great, that guy. Oh, you've, got yeah. the, uh, you've got the greatest hit CD of his. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, glad you worked it in, JD. This yeah. worked out perfectly. So I mean, happy. seeing that video of the actual Warthog, yeah, now it just, now I for sure I'm doing nothing. Oh, I'm running. I'm stealing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Bye, Shakira and your child. <laughs> Good luck with all of that. And I'll say from looking at this picture, it looks like nobody's <laughs> stepping in at all yeah. to help this guy either. Yeah. <laughs> Shocker. I can't believe nobody's jumping in to grab his laptop and hand it to him. Uh, which would you be more likely to help, JD? Uh, if a wild boar stole a purse from Shakira, or if a wild boar stole a laptop from a random naked guy in Germany. Oh, it's got to be the naked guy in Germany. I mean, <laughs> I mean that guy's having a bad day, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we finally have a use for uh, that photo we have of Matt Austin sitting on the bed because he had his laptop stolen. Let's Photoshop him into the naked guy's spot. <laughs> and put like a Pumbaa in the background too, or something like that. Bring it all together. All right. Great, great tweet of the night. Happy you went with that, JD. The weird Shakira story for sure. Pick and results from last night. We had the Heat Mavericks game. Uh, Miami was favored by one and a half on the road and they won. Pick'em, brought to you by BetMGM. So 2-0 for me, 2-0 for Tess, 2-0 for Lee. Trey, he's behind the eight ball here. He's 0-2 to start, but we got a lot of November left. What's tonight's game, Tess? There's 11 on. There are 11 games on, and uh, obviously some tight lines because this is the NBA and the Minnesota Timberwolves, who people are hyping up as a Western Conference hopeful, are hosting the Los Angeles Clippers, who... Have not started all that well at two and four. The Wolves are three and three, so this should be a good battle. And the Wolves are favored by one and a half at home. And considering those two teams and their expectations, it's not surprising that we're Splitsville on this one. Myself and Skeets are taking Minnesota, and Trey and Lee looking at the Clippers as mm. they have, yeah, yeah started started cold. Yeah, this is a a coin flip. Who the yeah. heck knows what's going to happen in this game, but it's fun to watch the Timberwolves who won't have D'Angelo Russell tonight. Uh, maybe no Patrick Beverly in a uh, 
revenge game against mm. his old Los oh, Angeles yeah. Clippers either. But uh, the Clippers obviously know Kawhi. Should be a fun one. Yeah, there's some fun games on tonight. Bulls Sixers obviously is an interesting one. Raptors Wizards, Hawks Nets, that one's on ESPN. Hornets Warriors is the uh, nightcap on ESPN there. Got Nuggets Grizzlies as well. So lots to talk about on tomorrow's show. And we got Survivor on tonight. We'll have a oh. new No Buffs podcast uh, Thursday afternoon over on our No Buffs uh, YouTube channel and, and podcast feed. Yeah, I forgot about that, eh, Trey? <laughs> yeah, that well. yeah, good thing the World Series is over. Yeah. Uh, so now we can start watching my second favorite sport, Survivor, even yeah. more seriously. I'm seeing a lot of suggestions here in the stream team, Skeets. Yeah. How about petting a boar for one of these pickup payoffs? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. No, I mean... We I also would, would have to would acquire do, I, you know a wild I boar. I, I, I mean, I, I've seen my buddy Jared. I know other people have done this. Like, if you go to, like, a rodeo, like, in Montana, they'll ask people, especially when they got a couple beers in them, say, uh, hey, if you want to come down, you can win $200. All you got to do is, like, stand in a circle, and we let the... Uh, and we let the bulls out. Last person standing in that circle wins all the money or stuff like that. I would do that, but with boars. <laughs> yeah. With Not boars. Bulls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long Not as you got shin guards. You need shin guards with those boars. Yeah. Let's try to be elusive in that little circle. It's, cr- it's crazy, though. I, my buddy Jared did it once, and he just got hammered. <laughs> uh, he had a couple pops in him, and then he got hammered by an actual <laughs> uh, Crazy. Okay. I gotta get going here. So subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube if you haven't already. Comment, like, share the show. Get yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. And holidays are right around the corner, guys. <laughs> I know we haven't even hit Thanksgiving here in the States yet, but Christmas is fast approaching. So go to nodunks.com and get yourself some great no dunks gear for yourself or for others. Makes a great stocking stuffer. I mean, that's a good stocking stuffer. If you get a, a mug... Or some uh-huh. shorts, Tass, or maybe a t-shirt. Whew. Like, that's a, mm. that's a real gift. You should be wrapping those, actually. Don't put those in a stocking stuffer. That's too good. Nah, roll up a nice No Dunks t-shirt and put it right in the bottom of a stocking. <sighs> it's a nice find. Right and there. it's a nice soft mm. base mm. to drop stuff in it oh, as well. That's a good point, good point. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. go to NoDunks.com. Because stockings fall. <laughs> they do. They do. You, gotta be you don't careful. want breakables in the bottom, you know? <laughs> no. no. Uh, Clipper Bros! You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, no quote. Uh, just curious, Skeets. You said you got to go. Where you got to go, man? What, you don't want to have a two-hour show here on a Wednesday? Where are you <laughs> I going? I actually have to go and do one of my many pick and payoffs. Uh, hopefully, I'm recording that later today, which I mean in like 45 minutes. So that's where I got to go. Yes! Can't wait! It won't be a bore, I'll tell you that. It's gonna be <laughs> Embrace the day, people. You could stay ooh, every day And I'd be happy every minute It's been so long that you're the one I've waited for It's happened already It's gonna be groovy Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub. 
an official partner of The Athletic.